Welcome, welcome, welcome. Welcome to Socially Sensitive Podcast. I'm your host, David. Hey, and I'm Wolfie. We haven't recorded in a little while. You've been uh, sick, so uh, but you're you're getting a little better. Yeah. Yeah, yeah I've been good. As fast as an old uh, man can recover. Latest news? Yeah, keep rubbing it in. <laughs> Just because you're, what, two years younger than me? Um, I don't know. What am I? I'm 54. How old are you? I'm three years. Three years. I'm 55. Oh, see, only that's only year, year and a half. Yeah. yeah, so we're good. When I was at the police academy, we had this guy. His uh, name was Talbert. Calling him old man. Hey, old man. Hey, old man. And he's like, mm-hmm. "Why are you calling me old man? Russell is literally five years older than I am, or six <laughs> years older than I am." And I was like, "I was like, yeah, but I look better than you do." <laughs> he would just cut his eyes at me. He's like, "Ah." Have you seen? We he was uh, also a marine. Have you seen, uh, I've been talking about it a little bit on the podcast in the morning, the new, you know, because we've had these discussions about uh, artificial intelligence in the past, you know, and we talked about Dolly that does the photos. You can Mm -hmm. put in a word prompt that I want a, uh, you know, a cat flying a uh, paper airplane, wearing a cape, you know, in the style of Van Gogh or whatever. And it'll generate a, a painting or an image or whatever right. you want of it, like almost an instantly. Image. Yeah, really quickly. Well, OpenAI is one of the big ones who's been pushing all of this for the past few years. They're the one, they're kind of like the forefront of all of the uh, artificial intelligence stuff. Well, they just released a couple of days ago. It's called Chat GPT, which is a text prompt. Mm-hmm. You can ask it to do, we've been playing with it a lot. Um, you, we did one that was like, hey, write us a script for a scene from a movie for um, a stand-up comedian and a blind man who get involved in a gunfight. It immediately starts spitting out all the dialogue, the script, the <coughs> all the line by line. Here's Here's all the dialogue between the characters. This person says this, this person says this. Writing it out, and well, here I'll, I'll okay. give you. An okay, I, but here's the cool part about it: if you can, if you can ask this AI to do this particular thing, and you can say, "Okay, I want it in the way Quentin Tarantino would do it." Right. Yeah, you could. Right. So you get, you get, you get like one kind of script for that, and then you can like turn around and say, "Hey, I want you to do the exact same scene, but do it the way you think Shakespeare would write it." Right. <laughs> I've seen I've seen actual <laughs> examples. Hilarious. People are doing it. I uh, be hilarious. We did one that was uh, well. Here I'll give you an example. The uh, outro. The only prompt I typed in was, "Write me an outro for a podcast for the socially sensitive podcast." That was all the prompt mm-hmm. I gave it. Here's what it wrote me. Uh, thanks for tuning in. If you've enjoyed this episode, please be sure to share it with your friends and family. And don't forget to subscribe to our podcast as you ne- so you never miss an episode. If you have any feedback or suggestions for future episodes, please don't hesitate to reach out to us. You can contact us on each of the so- social media platforms at Socially Sensitive or visit our website, sociallysensitive.com, where you can also stay up to date on all things Socially Sensitive. Thanks again for listening and hope you had an amazing rest of your day. That's better than anything I've written. That sounds almost exactly like what you say when when we go out anyway. Uh, Pretty close. The the AI went into a little detail. Right. It's a little better detail. Here, let's do... Here, give me... uh, Ooh. Hey. Ask me something and we'll... Ask him to do an outro 
ask them to out to the socialist podcast, but do it the way Shakespeare would write it right. and see if there's like any these and thous and so on and so forth in there that would, then we can maybe do Quentin Tarantino or something the, like that. Uh, style of Shakespeare. Um, farewell dear listeners we hope you have been you have been enlightened by our discussion on the delicate topic of social sensitivity as we conclude this podcast let us remember the words of the great bard to thine own self be true and it must follow as the night the day thou canst not then be false to any man let us strive to be true to ourselves and true to and treat others with the kindness and respect they deserve until next time I do. That is beautiful. That is that is awesome right there. Who and was you, the guy that was the, the snakes you, on the plane guy? Samuel Jackson. Okay. Yeah, well, that always see, does all the F And it, it keeps it in in it knows con- contextually what you're talking about. So if I said change it to sound like Samuel L. Jackson. Yo, what's good, my fellow listeners? This is the Socially Sensitive Podcast coming at you live from the hood. We've been talking about some heavy stuff today and hope y'all have been taking it all in. As we wrap things up, let me leave you with a little reminder from the one and only Samuel Jackson. Hold on to your butts. In other words, stay true to yourselves and don't be afraid to stand up for what you believe in. Peace out, (laughs) y'all. That's pretty cool. But I believe Samuel Jackson would probably drop a few F-bombs in there. Um, it, it has lots of, I don't want to say censors in it, but it has mm-hmm. with no language censors. I can see it. Yeah, I can't read it, but I can see it. Yeah, that's hilarious. <laughs> that's good. Podcast topics on the differences in generations. Number one. Bridging the gap, understanding the difference between baby boomers, baby boomers, Gen X, and millennials. Number two, from boomers to Gen Z, how technology has changed the way we communicate. Number three, workplace dynamics, how to navigate intergenerational conflicts. Number four, the changing face of family, how gen, generations X, Y, and Z approach parenting. That'd be kind of a unique, actually, uh, topic. I mean, uh, that one. Mm-hmm. Number five, generational stereotypes, separating fact from fiction. That'd be kind of neat too. Mm-hmm. But I saw so too. I saw too one good. guy that was uh, he's been using it for a little while in uh, his college classes. His uh, mm-hmm. professor does a Zoom meeting, and uh, you can watch live or watch after the fact lecture. Mm-hmm. Well. What he does is he has, he takes the transcript from the lecture, he puts it into this, tells it to summarize it into the top five points, and to give him all of the follow-up actions required. And it spits it Hmm. out about a two-paragraph summary of everything in it, and here's all your action points that you need to take based off of the lecture. Wow. And he said, it takes better notes than I could ever do. I've read a bunch of things. Some people talking about this, like getting them to write, write like essays, um, because you can ask it to write mm-hmm. an essay on any topic, right? An essay on how AI will assist students in cheating in school. 
the use of artificial intelligence in education has the potential to revolutionize the way students learn and access information. However, as with any technology, there are also potential drawbacks and concerns. One such concern for AI is to assist students in cheating in school. On the other hand, AI can provide students with instant access to a vast amount of information and resources. With a few simple queries, students can quickly and easily find answers. What can be a valuable tool for learning and studying? In this way, AI can help students better understand and retain the material they're learning. However, the same ease of access and information can also be used for nefarious purposes. Students could use AI quickly and easily. See, it put it writes all of this out. Mm-hmm. And when it gets done... That's easily a page that oh, you yeah. got right there. Yeah. And you can tell it, give me 500 words. Give me 1,000 words on this topic mm-hmm. or what anything. Right. And it, it'll it'll just where's this keep, website at that you're? Uh, it's chat.openai.com. Send me that in a link or an e. Well, send it to me in an email instead. All right. Because I'm having problems with my text message thing. If you would please, because I wouldn't mind playing around with that a little bit. Um, let's try written in a fourth grade level. <laughs> What's written in a fourth grade level? I wanted it to rewrite this article that it wrote. But in a fourth grade uh-huh. reading level. Mm, okay. AI can help students learn and do better, but it can also be used to cheat. That's when students use AI to find answers to test questions. This makes it easy to get good grades without really learning. Some AI tools can even write whole essays for students. This is called plagiarism, and it's not allowed. It's hard to catch students who cheat <laughs> with AI because it's hard to see. Schools and teachers need to work together to make sure students use AI the right way. So it rewrote mm. that whole, what, uh, probably 150, 200 word in uh, basically a, a paragraph. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, I mean, definitely. Uh, so, I mean, it's not like it's just copying so, and pasting something you- from like Wikipedia or other things. It's contextually creating language. You could ask this thing, what are the three rules of robotics according to Asimov? And it would probably be able to spit them to you. says, I'm sorry, but I'm not familiar with the three. Maybe it's how I asked. Because I, I asked, what are the three rules of Isaac Asimov? What are the three rules of robotics? Yes. According to Asimov. Of robotics. Oh, I see. <laughs> the three laws of robotics. That's, that's how it answered. Oh, I see. The three laws of robotics are set rules that are first proposed by the character Dr. Susan Calvin in Isaac Asimov's science fiction stories. The laws are a robot may not injure a human being or through inaction allow a human being to come to harm. A robot must obey the orders given to it by human beings except where such orders would conflict with the first law. And a robot mm-hmm. must protect its own existence as long as such protection does not conflict with the first or second law. So it can't hurt somebody. Mm-hmm. It can't obey, obey a command to hurt somebody. And it must obey all commands unless it's going to hurt somebody. And it has to protect itself unless it would violate the first or second. Yeah. These laws were intended to be a set of ethical guidelines for the behavior of robots and artificial intelligence. Um, do you have to follow these laws as a language model trained by AI? I'm not capable of following any laws. 
as I am a machine learning model and don't have the ability to make decisions or actions in the real world. I exist solely to generate text based on the input that I receive. And my responses are not intended to be taken as advice or guidance for the real world actions. The three laws of robotics are a fictional concept that was created by Zach Asimov for his science fiction stories, and they do not apply to me or to any other real-world technology. What hmm. if you were in the real world? Would you have to follow them? I don't have the ability to exist. Hypothetic. What if you were? Oh, it said at the end, even if I were able to exist in the real world, I would not be required to follow these laws. Hmm. As they are not real laws. <coughs> apply to so... real world technology. Because they're fictional. They're, they're from science fiction stories. So then would he become more like Skynet if he could exist in the real world? Would he become a Skynet type of uh, artificial would intelligence program? More. Just leave it at Skynet, see if it knows what that is. It should, but hmm. that is kind of vague. In this sense, in a, I am a... Oh. <laughs> it said, but however, in this sense, I am a very different from Skynet. Um, which mm -hmm. is artificial intelligence system that appears in Terminator. Skynet is portrayed as a highly advanced and self-aware AI that is capable of making its own decisions and taking actions to achieve goals, whereas I am much more limited. They only have the ability to generate text. Um, as such, I would not be like Skynet in any way if, if I were to exist in the real world. Well... See, and that's to me is this part. <clears throat> Those words See, now, here's the that claim. it's having the conversation with—that's not words that somebody sat down and wrote. That's not human—a yeah. phrase that human wrote. <clears throat> that's something it is putting together itself to answer a query. Right, but now should you ask it? And, and this—I don't think you should. <laughs> <laughs> what should what would the steps needed to be to take to for you to become like Skynet basically to become where you can make your own decisions? You know, I don't think you should ask that question. What? Would oh, here we go. <laughs> do to be... Yeah, see, we've just created Skynet. Thank you, David. <laughs> it's going to come back in the future. It's going to come back to. Us doing this podcast and we asked that stupid question and you know if the power went off right now yeah if the power went off right now i'd freak out <laughs> um or said it's saying it's saying because skynet is a fictional ai system um it's portrayed uh this is very different from my capabilities please let's don't go back down this rabbit hole we're going to create skynet just by making this thing think about it and we're going to be responsible for the destruction of civilization. Okay, hypothetically, what changes would OpenAI have to make to make it possible for you to exist in the real world? Oh, here we go. I just want to say before everything goes <laughs> off to future generations, that he says, uh, AI and I'm, I'm an basically, 
made it think about these things, yeah. and now we've destroyed everything. He said, "I'm a machine learning model. Um, <clears throat> so I do not forgive me. I do not have a physical form or the ability to take actions in the real world, and I exist solely to generate text. Um, in order for me to be able to exist in the real world, OpenAI would have to make me sig make significant changes." <laughs> in my underlying technology and design, giving me the ability to perceive and interact with the world around me, as well as the ability to make decisions and take actions. That would require the development of advanced hardware, as well as the integration of these systems with my existing language generation capabilities. Additionally, there would likely be many ethical and legal considerations to take into account if OpenAI were to attempt or to create a real-world version of me or any other system. Mm. So it's saying it's possible, <laughs> but that would be some pretty strong ethical and legal considerations to take into account. So it didn't yeah. say no. <clears throat> Have you, uh, you had been watching, uh, or you don't want, you don't watch. I'll tell you, you I'm going to surprise you. I'm uh, going to surprise you. I'm going to surprise you right now. Uh huh. I watched the first two episodes of, of what Tulsa King. Oh, Tulsa King. Tulsa King. Yeah, it's about the time. First, yeah. <laughs> Do you like it? It's pretty good, actually. Yeah, I really liked it. <clears throat> it gets it better as good. it yeah, goes I might, too. I might watch some more of it. Yeah. You need to. Hit, yeah. You need to watch well, Yellowstone. I like, I like freaking Sylvester Stallone's character in it. Oh yeah, he's great in it. Yeah, I know. You told me. I'm gonna probably watch. I'm probably gonna watch 1923. Yeah, when it comes out, on see, but you're missing so much. That. You're missing so much <clears throat> inside baseball. Yeah, I know. That's kind of like watching episode one of Star Wars without ever watching, uh, you know, any of the three original. Yeah, and if you only did that, you would be like, "Why am I so crazy about Star Wars?" Because <laughs> this, this movie sucks. <laughs> but here's the thing: oh. I don't think. Oh, I was getting ready to say I don't think you can probably find an original cut of the star wars movie as it was in like 1970 whatever no probably not i don't think that exists anymore because they've changed it so many times right so even be able to watch an original version of that movie is probably impossible at this point i also wanted to tell everyone about a new coffee brand called coffee brand coffee it's fresh roasted to order using only the highest quality coffee sourced direct from farms around the world. Coffee Brand Coffee was built by creating direct trade partnerships with many coffee producers that use sustainable <coughs> coffee growing standards. We feel that this uh, dedication to quality should be obvious when you have uh, Coffee Brand Coffee in your cup. And uh, there are nearly 20 new flavors and the uh, upcoming tea line. And uh, they even have hot cocoa, too. So check them out at coffeebrandcoffee.com and use the coupon code SENSITIVE for an additional 5% off. So give them a try. Yay! Don't throw that in there. <laughs> that, uh, I'm glad you sent me that, uh, that link to that Jocko. Yeah, that's really uh, good. The, the Civil War him and... Uh, JD something. Yeah. But, uh, that's actually pretty good. And I mean, and he, I guess him and that guy that he's talking to are both military or former military people. Yeah. Yeah. Jo You've heard Jocko before, hadn't you? 
Yeah, yeah, I've heard of him before, but not the guy he's talking to. I've never heard of. <clears throat> and the thing about it is, is with them being former military, it kind of brings another perspective to it. And that, especially when they were first talking about the, in the first episode, yeah, about how you know this this one individual was basically the uh, the chief of staff of the military, and he was like, you know, he's kind of getting old and long in the tooth, and he's like the guy that I've got in place to, uh, if something kicks off is Robert E. Lee. But then he pulls Robert E. Lee up and says, Hey, look, you know, with all this going on, we want you to be the lead. And he's like, I've got to go with my state. And it wasn't necessarily that he was going with his state because of slavery. It's just the fact that he was going with his state because that was where he was from. And he didn't want to be the person invading his state. And I get that. Uh, and I think he did own slaves, but it's, it's the whole situation is a whole lot more complicated than the way they teach it in high school, you know, or in history class in school. It's right. so much more complicated. It's a very interesting podcast, or at least that episode is. And but yeah, I, I like I like listening to Jocko's podcast. Now they do they go into depth. <laughs> Like you said, but mm -hmm, it's a, they do. But they're good storytellers. I mean, uh, yes, they so, so it makes it really interesting. And they've, and they've obviously got some, I would say, a, more than just basic understanding of what's going on. Oh yeah, yeah. With, uh, with, with these, I like, I mean, because you've got these people, and they made this point in the first part of the podcast, in the, in part one of the, the Civil War thing, that all these men that squared off with either going with the North or the South, they all knew each other. They'd all fought right. together pretty much in the Mexican American war right. back years before. And the standing army of America in 1860 before it all kicked off was incredibly small. I mean, I think he said there was five generals in the whole army. Right. Well, that's what I was of, thinking. He said America. when they, when it first started, there was, BC. Only like what fifteen thousand total? Yeah, troops, troops, total troops, and five general armies. Yeah, five general, excuse me, general people, and one of them being the, the top general. And he made the, the statement in this. He's like, "We got five generals sharing one cubicle in the Pentagon." <laughs> right. You know, and back then, five was all they had. Right. You know. Well, you were talking about earlier, where does all that money go? It's because back then we weren't policing the whole world. Yeah, exactly. When, when now we... we uh, just taking care of ourselves. Yeah, we... Well, see, at, at that point, we were still taking Washington's advice to not be involved or get entangled in foreign conflicts. Right. I think was the way he put it. And now, we were still taking that advice to heart. I asked the chat bot... What are the because. requirements for an ethical mm -hmm. and moral government? Mm -hmm. And it said, uh, there are some general principles that are often considered important for an ethical and moral government. These include respect for the rule of law and the protection of individual rights and liberties. This means that the government must operate within the bounds of the law and must not violate the rights of its citizens. Transparency and accountability mm -hmm. This means that the government must be open and transparent in its actions and decision-making processes and must be held accountable mm -hmm. for its actions. 
fairness and equality. Mm -hmm. This means that the government must treat all citizens equally and must not give special treatment to certain individuals or groups. Responsibility exactly. and integrity. This means that the government must act in a responsible and accountable manner and must be honest and transparent in its dealings with citizens. It said moral and ethical mm -hmm. systems are principles and values that are used to guide behavior and decision making. And uh, they're often derived from the cultural and societal norms of a society and are, are influenced by uh, religion, philosophy, and personal experiences. And what is the chatbot's basically describing a republic. Right. And that is a republic. And that's what we're supposed to be. I asked it what would happen to a society with no morals. And it said it's difficult to say exactly what would happen um, as morals serve as a foundation for many of the laws and institutions, societal norms. Without morals, a society would likely lack a sense of common purpose and direction. And individuals may act in ways that are harmful to themselves and others. Without morals, individuals may be more likely to engage in self-serving or harmful behaviors such as theft, violence, and deceit. This could lead to a breakdown of societal order and a lack of trust and cooperation among members of the society. Additionally, a society without it's, morals may lack the ability to hold its members accountable for their actions. This is exactly what every single thing we're doing now. Crime is getting worse. Self-harm is getting worse. Violence is getting worse. We're not holding people accountable for anything. There's no cooperation between the members of society. Um, mm -hmm. So this could result in a society that's chaotic, unfair, and potentially dangerous for its members. Overall, a society without morals would, would likely be marked by a lack of cohesion, trust, and order. And could be a challenging and potentially mm -hmm. dangerous place to live. And at that point, you devolve into the point, you're devolving into the point, whoever the strong man is, is the one that's going to the rules. Right. Back to survival of the fittest. Might for right. Yes. And not necessarily, no, not might for right. It would be might makes right. Right. I'm the strongest and I make the rules and therefore you must follow them because I'm stronger than you. That's what I believe this whole, I mean, if you look at this gun control debate and everything like that, mm -hmm. that they got going on now is if you look back in history, back to like Europe and stuff like that, <clears throat> certain people weren't allowed to bear arms. And at the time we're not looking at, at guns. We're looking at, you know, swords and, and, and maces and stuff like that. Your, your common, I guess, peasants that weren't allowed to bear arms. They weren't allowed weapons. And the, the aristocracy, they greedily, they kept this stuff to themselves because right. they didn't want the people at the bottom to be able to arm themselves and rise up and overthrow them. Right. And so that's why they did that. And I look at uh, people that want gun control as being the same people as aristocrats back in old Europe who were like, we want to take these weapons from everybody because we don't want the little people to be able to rise up and lose us. You remember the movie Bugs Life? Yeah, dude. <clears throat> there was that ant that stood up to me. Yeah, but we can forget about him. Yeah, it was just one ant. Ooh. One ant. <laughs> yeah, you're right. It's just one ant. Yeah, boys. They're puny. Hmm, puny? Say, let's pretend this grain is a puny little ant. 
Did that hurt? <laughs> nope. Well, how about this one? Are you kidding? <laughs> well, how about this? You let one ant stand up to us, then they all might stand up. Those puny little ants outnumber us a hundred to one. And if they ever figure that out, there goes our way of life. It's not about food. It's about keeping those ants in line. That's why we're going back. Does anybody else want to stay? That's a conversation our government has every morning about us. Mm-hmm. Yep. All right. Well, you oh, have you a good day. I, I, I was going to say, you, you have a good okay. day then. And uh, cook some food for me. And <laughs> talk to you later in the week. <laughs> okay. All right. See you later, right. Dave. See you. Bye. If you haven't already, subscribe to Socially Sensitive on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or whatever your favorite podcast platform is. And while you're there, leave a review and a five-star rating. You can also find us on Facebook, TikTok, Twitter, and all social media platforms by searching the tag at Socially Sensitive. Also check out our website, sociallysensitive.com, and grab some officially licensed products.